What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalau, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, black gas high tanks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham? It's going very well. Thank you, as always, for asking. Sure. <laughs> Contractually obligated to ask you how you're doing. I don't really give a shit. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, it's probably the only time in our life that you do ask me how I'm doing. Yeah, more just you know. What about the press? It's going very well, Graham. Thanks for asking. How are you doing on this fine evening? I spent two hours coming home in traffic, so I'm a little perturbed, so I might go on some classic uh, Graham rants tonight. Due to the fact of being stuck in traffic is driving me crazy. They do call you Graham the Traffic Man Waldrop. They do. No matter what time of day it is, I always run in traffic. And you do use Waze, correct? Yes, it doesn't matter. I'm like cursed. Because I noticed the other day, anytime I leave work at 5, it seems like... Because, you know, I'm an Atlanta man, Graham. I, I know all my, my roads, my side roads, everything. And I always think I can outsmart traffic. And last week, I think I took a different route home every single day uh, trying to beat it. And you can't. And then today, I used Waze, and I got home like 15 minutes quicker. Their tagline is outsmart traffic together. So maybe you should uh, try to outsmart traffic with others as opposed to by yourself. Well, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, but th- but if everyone's using Waze, then everyone's taking the same route, so maybe my secret routes are better. Well, you defeated your uh, your argument there, it sounds well, like. Well, that was my hypothesis anyways, yeah. but it seems like you understood that. Uh, yes. Okay. I, I'm, on, I'm on your level, man. Okay. Well, that's what we do, Graham. Watch baseball and sit in traffic. Yep. Sounds about right. Um, huge things going on, Adam, in the world of Atlanta sports. With uh, the Braves and the Falcons. More so the Braves. Um, since we last talked to you guys, we had an impressive series win against the Dodgers with the bomber at half of our order comprised of Culberson, Flowers, Rafael Ortega, sometimes Matt Joyce. Um, an absolutely incredible series win, especially beating Hyunjin Ryu, who is unanimously been declared by everyone the Cy Young winner and the best pitcher in, in the National League this year. A sensational win on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, to start with the negative, uh, Friday night was one of the most frustrated I've been with the Braves all year. That was pretty classic, uh, frustrating, true to Atlanta performance. When we were up, what, 3-2 yeah. in the seventh? Yeah. Soroka in? And he gets pulled after getting the first two outs of the inning. Mm-hmm. Under 100 pitches still. He gets pulled for a lefty-lefty because matchup. Because he gave up a hit. He gave up a hit on uh, the preceding batter. And there were two outs. And the Snickers was like, oh, no. Gotta, gotta, gotta go to the bullpen. Gotta put in Sean Newcomb, who's had a 10.13 ERA over his last, like, six appearances. Yeah, so that was really frustrating. I mean, I don't know what it was. We were at Grindhouse. And I was kind of just watching it as a side and starting to get really into the game. There was a damn guy sitting next to me at the bar with a parrot on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like an actual... Oh, a real-life parrot. Real-life parrot. Jesus. And, and the guy was pretty much as weird as you would expect a guy with a parrot to be. He was, like, constantly talking to his parrot. Was saying, the parrot repeating saying, what he's saying? No, it wasn't a talking parrot. It was, But it was just like, oh, are you, are you hungry? Oh, you're so... Oh. Was he watching the game? No, but the point is, I think that probably fueled my rage. Oh, sure. Because I was doing my damnedest to not have to strike up a conversation with this guy and just, like, staring straight ahead at the Braves game. Yeah. 
really angry and Did upset. Did he try to talk to you? No, he was, he, I think he was trying to pick up women with it. But it's it, probably repellent, I would imagine. It just came off as sad. Yeah. No. I mean, he got a lot of attention, but I don't think it was positive attention. Sure, it's more like, what the hell are you doing? I'm surprised he even let a parrot into a uh, into the restaurant. Well, it was. it's not that, that outdoor bar they have there. Oh, and the Memorial Grindhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, <clears throat> the staff, I don't think, was too stoked about it. Sure. Um, but anywho, I was very went from very upset with the Braves Friday night to, I mean, to go from that loss and then come back and win the series is just awesome to yeah, see. Yeah, it looked like, you know, it was really dangerous, too, because Ender pulls his uh, hamstring in that game, uh, scoring a, a, a go-ahead run, I believe. And so then it's like, he's out of the game. And uh, and then only just got, and, you know, then Soroka pitches another brilliant game against the best, arguably the best team in baseball, and then it just all goes to shit. I mean, Newcomb was awful in, in that game, and I was like, man, we were going to have to probably consider, like, sending Newcomb down or not pitching him any more high-leverage situations. And then he turns around and does a great job in the next game. And it's like, this team is, is incredibly resilient. Um, it seems like every time we have a big loss or we lose someone of value in the lineup to an injury, it's like we come out there the next day just more determined. It's pretty insane. Yeah, the depth and just continued financial flexibility that we've seen, Graham, is really paying dividends for us. Oh, yeah, us. it really costs a lot of money to sign Danny Hetcheria and... Uh, I mean, a couple, mil- a couple million Billy bucks Hamilton. each way. Regardless of the financial situation, it is impressive how Anthopolis has, you know, goes in there every time there's an injury. He's not three times now with Hachavaria, who's had, had a fantastic first week in a Braves uniform overall. Um, after uh, Camargo was sent down, then you got Billy Hamilton coming in here to be a pinch runner defensive replacement after Ender goes down. And now after McCann goes down the other night, we signed, we signed Francisco Cervelli, who's had admittedly a, sh- a horrible season hitting the ball, but is still a very good defensive catcher. So we filled the gaps where we had to, and we've done a great job of, of navigating the waiver wire somehow and making these moves. And, Graham, also keep in mind, the news finally dropped a couple days ago, my prediction from about a month ago. Darren O'Day, baby. Darren O'Day, yeah. Starting his rehab. He's starting his rehab. But let's before we get into that, let's 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 go back to the uh, the Dodgers series. <coughs> um, one thing I was also really impressed by is is the the big three bullpen acquisitions pitched their ass off in that series. Yeah, Shane Green coming in there in the eighth inning in that four uh, three victory over the Dodgers, striking out the side. I mean, it was like I felt like we won the World Series when he did that. It was such a huge moment, and for a guy who has just struggled mightily up until that point for the most part. Um. The, the movement on his pitches was just sickening. And I said last week, it's like, I think people are going to start, are getting ready to start owing Shane Green an apology. And ever since, um, you know, his last few appearances, he's been pretty much lights out. Let a couple of guys get on base the other night against um, the Marlins, but overall has been just outstanding since his poor, his poor start. Yeah, the last six, seven days have just been refreshing watching, like, have a solid start. I mean, every every game we've had a solid start out yep. of our starter, and then the bullpen comes in and just takes care of business. Mm-hmm. We're holding one run leads, we're holding three run leads, things that can never fathom. Right, a couple weeks ago, and now they're they're getting it done. Yeah, Martin's looked good as well, mm-hmm. along with Melanson just being solid down yeah. there. It's it's like and, and Luke Jackson doing Luke what has, Luke does. Luke has been uh, he's been really outstanding his last few appearances. Yeah, and so we win that big game, so we're heading into uh, Sunday with the chance to, to win the series, and it seemed like we were shooting ourselves in our foot in that game, repeatedly had a lot of opportunities to score, couldn't do it, and um, 
finally started to get some the, the wheels started going into motion after a rough first inning by Max Freed. He starts calming down, pitches a good game. Can't remember if it's in the third inning or fourth inning, but uh, Freed gets a double. Acuna hits a huge opposite field hit. He thinks he's got a homer, doesn't hustle, winds up uh, only getting a single out of it. And uh, after the next inning, I believe, he was pulled for, for not running, which everyone thought was uh, you know very reminiscent of the Andrew Jones scenario with Bobby Cox when Andrew didn't hustle for a pop fly and let a ball drop in front, in front of them. But um, I don't, you know, I don't think it was really that controversial, though. I think Snicker made the right decision. And the more impressive thing was is that he had the, the gumption to make that move in a game against, you know, the best team in the National League and say, you know what, it's more important to set the tone here for the rest of the season than it is to try to keep uh, Acuna in here and then have the, bull, uh, have the uh, clubhouse maybe unravel because they've lost respect for their manager, potentially, for not making the, the, the right move. Yeah, I think any, anybody with any wits about them thought that was the right decision. Yeah. Of course, there's the stupid Twitter people out there that question it. But, I mean, you and I were, to, were together for that move. And yeah. that was instantly like, yeah, I, right. I, yeah. I, I love that move. That's, yeah. I mean, you've got to do it. And Yeah, and I thought he also had a great explanation for why he didn't take him out uh, when he, uh, and, you know, immediately when he, was, when he was on first base. And it was to give Adam Duvall a chance to, to limber up. And, and get right. stretched out before he was uh, moved in there as a replacement. So I thought that was really smart at Snickers' end, too. And, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the, the whole thing, Snickers handling it, um, his explanation after the game was just very clear, mm-hmm. very concise, yeah. thought out. Yeah. Uh, it was like the antithesis of Freddie Gonzalez. Yeah, it was just, he was like, bottom line, he, did, he didn't run. Yeah. That's not how we play the game. And then he gave the whole line. Um, we we play for the the name on the front of the jerseys that have a lot more important than the name on the back. Yeah. Which is perfect. And you saw how, like, Freddie Freeman was fired up about it. Yeah. And people thought maybe he was mad at Snit, but he came out today and said, no, I was mad at Acuna because he mm-hmm. could be the best player in the major leagues, yeah. but the best player in the major leagues doesn't play like that. They have to run it out. Right. Um, so he, he had Snit's back as well. And then, of course... What was that Tuesday when we're playing the Marlins? It shows you the other side of Snit. He's like, "Look, today I'm going to discipline you. We're going to move on." And then Tuesday, when Acuna gets hit by the Marlins, Snit's the first one out there, fired up, protecting his guy again. Yeah, there was like, there were so many, and I thought the way Acuna handled it was really responsible. He's like, "Yeah, you know, that's the manager's decision. I respect it. I, you know, not, I was in the wrong. I get it." And Freddie Freeman apparently also talked to Acuna in the like you were saying, in the, in the tunnel, and, uh, you know, echoed Snit's sentiment, and uh, Snicker also, you know, probably tore Acuna a new asshole, but it was all done behind closed doors, and they said the exact right things to the media. I think everybody's moved on at this point, and there's no lingering effect of it. I mean, we've, uh, since that's happened, we, we beat the Dodgers without Acuna in the lineup, and Rafael Ortega, journeyman, 28, 29-year-old, delivers a grand slam, um, you know, to, to win the game for the Braves. Um here, Unbelievable. Here's my question. When Snitker, and I'll use your words here, is, quote, tearing Acuna a new asshole. Yeah. Is Franco Garcia there translating? I was wondering about that, too. It's just like, Snitker's like, you can't do that. Don't you ever fucking do that again. And, yeah, Garcia's just, you know, they're repeating that in, right. in Spanish. I think that would be absolutely hilarious. No puedes hacer esto. Right. See. Sí. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. But uh, uh, I think he could understand English pretty good. He's just not fully comfortable speaking it right, on TV. Right, which is so, fine. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I definitely had that thought 
right here and all that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Ola Ortega, the journeyman. Yeah. I, I mean that that was awesome. That like was in a so game cool. that felt like we didn't have a chance. I think I saw you describe it on Twitter as Jace Peterson 2.0. Yeah. Like he, he's got that look about him, but he hits a ton of line drives right. all was, over the field. Well, he only had two hits in the series, I think, but every single time he was up, it seemed like he was lacing the ball, making really good contact on the sweet spot of the barrel. Unfortunately, most of the time for him, it was like right at people, but he had a double and a homer, and the homer was you know one of the biggest hits of the season. Yeah, he hit it into a ridiculous shift earlier in the day that the guy was playing rover had no business being. Oh there. yeah, he was like yeah. in shallow right field. It was like absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, good for him. Even if that's the only moment that we get out of Rafael Ortega yeah, all year, it was worth it. It was a big moment against the Dodgers. Yeah, the big bad Dodgers for sure. And then um, handled our business so far in this Marlins series. Um, won the series, going for a sweep tonight, and um, we've kind of survived the more brutal part of our schedule. We do have a crazy thing coming up in September where it's like Nats, Phillies, Nats, Phillies. I think four straight series, it's like Nats, Phillies alternating. That will decide the division if it hasn't been decided at that point, I, I would I would imagine. Um, I'm not as concerned with the Phillies, but with the Nationals. The Nationals keep hanging around. They're still six games back, but they haven't lost that much. They lost on, um, I believe, Saturday night. But they scored 49 runs over the weekend, and they scored nine runs again last night. I mean, they are hitting the bejesus out of the ball, and their offense is, is pretty scary right now, and they're getting Scherzer back. Yeah, for them to be mashing like they are with with the pitchers that they have, they're definitely uh, forced to be reckoned with. Uh, Mark Bradley of the AJC wrote a pretty good article today mm. about how the Nationals in the playoffs could be a really great thing for us because they would, I mean, if they get the wild card game and win that, conceivably they're going up against the Dodgers in the first round. Yeah. And with their pitching staff, like, that's that's a dangerous team. Granted, right. Washington generally uh, chokes in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. But maybe that was more of a Bryce Harper thing. This Who is knows? This is the new era Dodgers. You mean uh, Nationals. Damn it. Yep, this is the new era Nationals, right. Graham. Um, maybe so. And, so, I mean, they scare me as well. I don't want to f- face the Nationals, but I'd much rather face the Nationals the with the home field advantage. Than the Dodgers having to go play the first two, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not interested in that. So, um, I think we're in a very enviable position right now in the sense that you know, if we hold serve, play the uh, winner of the NL Central, none of those teams really scare me right now. I'm not saying you go out there and win, but I'm just saying that gives you a hell of a lot better chance to win over, uh, you know, win a, a division series which we haven't done since 2001. Um, Against the Astros, who aren't it's even a, a National League anymore, a ridiculous stat. Yeah, it, uh, it it gives us a better chance to win going against whoever wins that division than it does having to face L.A., Washington, um, either of those teams in the first round. So, um, and one thing I'm very uh, concerned about is just the luck of the uh, the injury bug. Our top four players, which have been critical in this. Uh, in this run the whole season, Cunha, Albies, Freeman, Donaldson, been very healthy. Haven't gone on the injured list. I don't think any of them have. Everyone else below them has or is on the injured list uh, at that point who are regular position players. In fact, it's not even have. It's like they all are. McCann, um, Riley, Swanson, uh, Ender. now Ender. 
So it's like, for the love of God, can they please stay healthy? Please. We cannot, we literally cannot take any more injuries at this point. The people that could get injured are injured. The people that can't are healthy, and thank God they are. Yeah, it's certainly certainly scary, and you want to get to the point where you can rest some of these guys down the stretch, but uh, we don't have the bodies right now to make no. that happen. No, all the bench think, players are all of a sudden they need rest because they're getting played too all the time. Right, right. Joyce Culberson, um, yeah, all those Camargo's guys goes in minor. Camargo's there's in there's minor been league. so many things for all the things that have gone wrong with this year. Like, thing I mean, we started the year with Newcomb in the rotation, right. Uh, he's no longer there. Gossman, we were relying on. He's gone. Uh, A.J. Minter, Chad Sabatka. Gone. Um, Sor- not Soriano. Um, Vizcaino. Vizcaino. Yeah. Just all these pieces that we thought we were going to be relying on. And then mm-hmm. the injuries and the people who've had to step in. It's it's amazing that we're, what, 26 games over 500? Yeah. And just seem to be just cruising, cruising along. Yeah. Uh, Hetcheveria has been great. Hit three fifty seven since coming over to the team. Has a homer. Get at a home run last night with a just absurd bat flip um, against the, his former team. And the the Marlins played stalwart defense minus that one defensive gaffe he had against the Marlins, I believe, on Tuesday night, where he let a really easy ball get behind him. But he made he made more than made up for it later in the game when he ended it with a beautiful play up the middle. I mean, he's clearly just a different animal defensively than uh, you can. Definitely see the difference between him and Culberson. No, there's no comparison. Camargo. No comparison. I mean, some of these play, he just looks so big and fluid out there. Like he almost looks like a Simmons, an Andrelton Simmons. Yeah, out it's, there. it's like, like a sixth sense. He, he, he's a monster. Yeah, he's a great defender. Uh, and I mean, it's a great pickup. To I mean, we're fortunate that a guy like that was out there that fits the exact need that we had as well. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, hopefully Dansby comes back and plug him in for the rest of the year, but. I feel a lot more comfortable with him than the light-hitting, recently air-prone Johan Camargo. Yeah, Camargo just needs to stay down in AAA. I don't even know if I'd call him up. I guess you call him up in the roster's expansion. you got 40 people or whatever at that point. But um, he's not a guy I need to be giving a lot of playing time to down the stretch considering how he's played. He needs, a, I think, a lesson. I don't even know in humility, but just sort of you know, get your head right sort of thing. Um, he had a game-winning hit. For Gwinnett today. Well, that's good. Maybe he's getting his head right then. Um, what do you think? What does it say to you that we beat the Dodgers in a series um, without Freddie, Freddie Freeman didn't get a hit in that series? And Acuna pretty much missed the entire last game. What does that mean? Do you What, what, what do you take away from that? Uh, this team, there's a, there's a culture about this team. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be the superstars every day. Um, and players that have proven to be mediocre over their careers can have those moments. Um, and I think Snit's a big big factor for that. And they, this team loves playing for each other, and doesn't matter who it is, someone's going to get it done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, it shows great resolve, obviously. Yeah. And uh, it's just very, very promising for what we could potentially be in the playoffs. It feels like a, a clutch factor. Yeah, it feels like a Patriots kind of mentality where literally, you know, everyone says, oh, next man up, next man up, but very rarely can teams follow through with that shit. And the Braves are following through with that shit in spades with their uh, just undeniable tenacity and effort. Uh, I'm very impressed. I'm still concerned having to go against Ryu, Bueller, and Kershaw back to back to back, however they order that rotation. If we you know if we face them in the playoffs, but I will say it's not that we took it to Ryu, but we beat them. That still says a lot to me. 
um, in terms of what this team can do. And we didn't even do it with our best guys. So it's like, with our best guys, if they're healthy, if they can rock and roll, you gotta like that. You gotta think that we have a fighting chance way more than we did last year against them. And you, know, you gotta feel ten times better about where our bullpen is right now. Yes, yes. With some better in arms down there. Right, and that that's being stabilized, as you mentioned earlier. The rotation has been pretty lights out. Um, boy, Julio Tehran's pitching well. I still don't know if I trust him in the playoffs. Um, just because of his uh, propensity for damage against uh, giving up a lot of hits to left-handers. But um, I'm not concerned with anyone in the rotation overall for the rest of the regular season. Yeah, it's nice to have Fulte as a number five as opposed to number one. Yeah, he's, you know? he's done an admirable job. He's still, um, you know, he, he battled his way through that Dodgers game on Saturday night. Didn't, you know, pitch the best, had a high pitch count, you know, pretty early in the start. I don't. I think we went four and two thirds of an inning that that start, but he looks so much better. I think. I think. I think he's gotten back to, or maybe not gotten back to, but he is at least close to that level of faulty last year in the sense that he can go out there and compete and throw some of his best stuff, as opposed to like I'm going to give up a lot of home runs. I can't locate my slider. I suck, and I'm going to beat myself up for it. I'm going to get out of the game by the third inning by giving up seven runs. Yeah. We're not getting that anymore. Yeah, this don't be a bitch uh, mantra of his. Is uh, perfect for him. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, Just, even when he came back and started pitching, well, I noticed that, you know, I, I was saying, like, I still think he's way too animated. I noticed in that last start, I didn't notice the animation really at all. He looked very much composed and control. Very good to see. I've got a question for you from Hugo that fits into this part of the segment. Let's see if I'll actually dignify it with a response. What if the Braves win the World Series on the back of eight shutout innings from Julio Tehran? That's great. I won't argue, I mean, I don't care how you do it, you know, if that happens, that's amazing. Would you support uh, bringing Julio back? I think you have to at that point, I mean, yeah. I, I hate, I mean, I don't hate to say that, but I also think you can probably get him back at something affordable, or you know what, you just say, you know what, I don't think I would bring him back, because the pitching depth is too great in this organization, I'd say, you know what, he'll never pitch oh, this I- well ever again. I disagree. I mean, Sayonara. I think regardless of that highly improbable uh, scenario, he's back next year. Just because, I mean, he's no. dependable as hell, Graham. I, I guess, but I still don't. With, with the pitching depth we have in this rotation, I don't think he's a necessity. I don't, Do we have that much depth? Yes. You got Ian Anderson waiting in the wings. We've seen it takes, I mean, we see how, how long it's take for Freed to become consistent at the major league level. That's fine. I mean, you still have, you have Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, Kyle Muller, you have all these guys. I mean, that's four guys. But uh, Weagle is also down there, Patrick Weagle, who's come up and down but hasn't pitched yet this year, I don't think. Or if he has, it's been negligible. Um, so I think you still have enough depth in the in the system right now where you don't, you don't need to bring Julio back. You could. I'm not saying you don't do it, but I'm just I mean, saying. What if we, don't, if we don't have Keuchel? You need that veteran. You don't necessarily need that veteran. But we've shown this year that we did by having to go out and get Keiko. Well, it's because it's, it's because your two thirds, uh, you know, two fifths of your rotation was pitched like trash. Maybe Newcomb gets another shot at the rotation. Maybe he again. does. What yeah. are we talking about next year for? Yeah, exactly. That's stupid. That is I'm, stupid. I'm We're sorry. in the heart of a pennant race. I'm sorry, it's fine. Uh, um, I do have to say one more thing on Hugo. Yeah, he gave the most positive, like somewhat of a prediction I've ever heard out of Hugo before. Mm-hmm. Generally, it's just strict negativity right. or bringing up um, mediocre players. 
sure. that are pretty irrelevant. Like Keith Lockhart. Yeah. 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 Uh, but this time he says, the Bra- this Braves team might be for real. Ooh. Saturday night was impressive. That is uh, high praise indeed. Yeah, that, that, that like uh, brought a little glimmer of hope to mm-hmm. me, to hear even Hugo. That's draw. nice. Yeah. Like something. Hey, some... Hugo must have actually watched a game. Yeah. Which is really impressive. Right. <laughs> really impressive. It, it might have been his first game he watched all year, to be honest. Could be, for him to give that high, high, uh, high mm. praise. Here's a question I have for you. With um, Shane Green pitching a lot better now, do you keep the bullpen structured as is, or do you give him another shot at the, the closing rule? i say no, no, reason, no reason to mess with success right now. I would agree. Uh, Melanson does just... I mean, Green probably has the better stuff, but Melanson just... Seems like he's got that mentality that pitching in the ninth doesn't bother him. And it's what Shane Green wants as well. I'm yeah. sure he's got that mentality, but I don't know. Melanson just seems steady. Yeah, and it seems like the guys are in a rhythm now. It's like right. the roles are established. We know it's Jackson, Martin, 7th, Green, 8th, Melanson, nine. They seem to be thriving in that role uh, overall. So, yeah, I would say ride it out. Yep, agreed. All right, so the Cavalry's coming back, and we got Dansby Swanson's making his start uh, tonight at, at Rome, being the designated hitter. Tomorrow night, Austin Riley will join him in Rome in an uh, undetermined position. I don't know what the hell he's going to do. However, regardless of what they do, they are on the path to coming back. They have been taking drills, doing hitting, uh, without any interference, any uh, re-aggravation of in- uh, prior injury. So it seems like these guys are ready to go, minus doing their little rehab assignment, getting back to the use of the flow of the game. And they should hopefully be back, I would imagine, by the time uh, rosters expand in uh, September. Yeah, it's awesome, especially on Dansby, to hear that, because I was getting a little worried about him, that it seemed like he hadn't really uh, ramped up baseball activities at all. So I feel like this rehab assignment's kind of come out of nowhere, but I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Yeah, that's it, uh, very it's good. It's saying he could retu- return on the road trip. Um, oh, next week. Yeah. Yeah, that would be clutch. But, yeah, we, we need to get healthy, Graham. Yeah. If Austin Riley can come back and be anything like the original Austin Riley was, it just changes everything with this lineup again. And we're still winning, but, you know, I want to put up 11, 12 runs again, Graham. Exactly. I mean, that offense that we had in June was just unstoppable. It was arguably the best in baseball. I mean, if we can – yeah, so – as good as these guys are doing now, who knows how long Hetcheveria is going to keep you know hitting the way he is? Who knows how long um, you know Matt Joyce is going to be able to do this at a, uh, an everyday clip? Ortega, you know these these are not guys with like illustrious track records or anything like that to the point where you're like okay we can rely on them moving forward. You know it's nice what they're doing; they're huge contributors. I'm not trying to take away from what they've done. I'm just saying in the long term, you really want that to be your postseason. Those guys in your postseason lineup. And it really is so unfortunate about Enciarte getting hurt too, because he he was been he'd been cruising, he was second half ender. Yeah, he'd been getting better. He's playing good defense. He's starting to make better contact. He was walking more, like I mentioned um, last week. I mean, he's hitting like over three twenty. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like better contact. Give him a little more love than that, Graham. No, I, I noticed that he's hitting the ball a little harder than he normally does. Usually, he's just like you know hitting ground balls that find their way through the infield. He's actually like getting a little air under the ball, which was nice to see. Um, but yeah, it sucks for him. He's out four to six weeks. Mac goes down the other night. Um, he's on the ten day disabled list with a right knee strain or a re- knee sprain, I think, not strain. Um, so yeah, we we need all those guys back in some capacity, and not to have you know if we gotta go with what we have, we go with what we have. We don't have a choice. But 
you get those guys back, you give yourself a hell of a lot better chance to win. And the good news is, um, you know, two of those guys begin their journey back tonight. Just got to see and how, tomorrow. Yeah, Dansby's the biggest one to me. Yes. He um, has a lot of depth to the lineup. He hadn't really undergone any sort of serious slump um, and his outstanding defense. Do you foresee a postseason roster spot for Billy, Billy Hamilton? I mean, if, if Ender's still out, I mean, Ender or Marcakis, I suppose, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he can provide a ton of value with his defense, mm-hmm. and his defense is on par with Ender, if not better. Yeah, it's, it's at, superlative. He's saved 10, 10 runs this year already. But he just can't hit worth, worth a lick. No, but I think having a guy like that to pinch run might be the, the separator because so many times we've seen guys like uh, Dave Roberts, for example, on the Red Sox when they made their epic comeback against the Yankees. Key stolen base in a situation where a slower guy was on base, was pulled for Roberts. Roberts steals a base, winds up scoring, I believe, the winning run. Uh, we've seen that time and time again where the, the you know, the seemingly the least valuable bench player comes in and plays a huge role. Well, that guy last year, Terrence Gore. Terrence Gore, yeah. Same thing. Right. Uh, and, and this is a guy, he can steal 60, 70, 80 bases. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's a definitely an intriguing signing. I need to see him do something in the Braves uniform before I get excited about him. But right. uh, this is his chance to earn a spot on that. I and mean, he, he knows, like, he knows what his role is. And he knows he has to prove his worth. So yeah, um, go do it, Billy. I try. I, I mean, I like having him in center a lot more than our boy Ortega. Yeah, I don't. know. I like Ortega's bat a lot more. Right. But um, yeah, defensively, I'm not as confident in him. Right. Not that he's like shit the bed defensively or anything like that. It's just no, no. The the range Hamilton can cover really allows other guys who may not have as good range in the corner outfield spots like a Joyce or a Culberson. Uh, to have a little more comfort there in, in light of losing Ender. So hats off again to Anthopolis for, you know, for getting these three guys, Hervelli, Hamilton, and Hedgeferia, because you know they have their niche and their role to play, and they're filling in right now in a valuable time. And my fantasy kind of is like this time away from the game for Marcakis, for Swanson, for Riley. Let them refresh a little bit, you know, rest, so they can be rejuvenated when they come back. I'm sure there's going to be a little rust Hopefully, you know, a month, roughly, or maybe even two weeks from Marcakis's standpoint in terms of when he projects to return, if he returns at all, is enough time to uh, get back in the flow of things before before October baseball. Yeah, if Dansby and Austin are back in the next week or so, I'm, I'm, a month is more than enough time. A little yeah. more worried about Marcakis being able to get back up to speed. Yeah. And as he said, grab the wrist. That's where you get all your power from. Not quite where you get your power from, but it, it certainly helps to uh, not have a damaged wrist in terms of generating power. Sure, sure. So, Adam, let's talk a little uh, Atlanta Falcons. Who? The uh, the professional football team in Atlanta. Okay, got it. Who, you know, they play at Turner Field. Um, the Legends? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> they got Matt Sims, right? They got Matt Sims. Um, you know, in an offensive line that has uh, given up a lot of sacks. But I still think, you know... There's no reason to panic about the about the legends right now. Yeah, it's preseason, right? Preseason professional football. The, the Falcons, the are, biggest joke in the world. Yes, the uh, the Falcons are kind of playing like the legends a little bit in some uh, aspects of the game. Uh, rough, 
rough game for the Falcons last week, losing 22-10 to to the Jets in the preseason. The score obviously doesn't matter all that much. But what does matter is that Matt Ryan was sacked three times and hit eight times in a meaningless preseason game. Greg Williams, the Jets defensive coordinator, was sending blitz after blitz after blitz. What a dick. Yep, what a dick. But we didn't respond very well. Our line was pushed around. Was very discombobulated, as we touched on a little bit last week when we were uh, recording during the game. And uh, pretty awful night. Pretty awful night for the Falcons. Um, In fairness, it was 10-9 going into the fourth when you have nothing but scrubs. Yeah, but I'm just saying, the fact that you're... The, the biggest takeaway, takeaway is performance, not the score in these preseason games. And the performance of the offensive line, which was supposed to be a little more solidified, um, is, is not even questionable at best. It's trash. And I know they have time to uh, figure it out, and I know that you know we'll see what happens tonight. This could be, you know, someone invalidated by the time this comes out, based on how the O line performs tonight. But I, uh, I am concerned. I am concerned. I am beyond concerned Uh-oh. about this line <coughs> with how poorly they played. You're beyond concerned, even though Alex Mack hasn't really played. Yes, because even though he adds so much to the uh, to the team. You know, that's beyond measure. I don't know what I'm getting out of, you know, Brown. Uh, right to tackle, or wherever Caleb McGarry, yeah, as for Caleb McGarry. Was Which is play. good news, because he, he's actually uh, on track to play sooner rather than later. Yeah, but his development is screwed right now. It's going to take him a long, he ain't starting week one. You no. Know, there's no chance in hell. So that position is, is screwed. I don't know what I'm getting out of, uh, out of Brown. Uh, I think Carpenter's banged up. And... Everyone else, I mean, they all, no one looks good. Jake Matthews, Lindstrom looks like he never played a down of professional football. Well, he hasn't. Well, that's fair. A down of any level of football last week. Um, I think that's a gross understatement. It's a gross overstatement. It is. It was just, it was just crazy. And I know we got to work on a lot of things. Chemistry on the line's huge and things like that. But it was just, it was still like gas, a ghastly performance. I, I, I get what's going on, Graham. Like we just had a brave segment that was ninety. Six percent positive. I'd say more you, than that. You just need to find something to get worked up about, um, and you're choosing to get worked up about glorified practices. Well, what justification can you give me for leaving Matt Ryan in that long? Oh no, that's the problem. That's a problem. Um, like that's a bunch of bullshit on that, Coach that, Dan Quinn. Yeah, that's a Dan. It, like Dan Quinn would have been fired so fast if Matt Ryan got hurt. Oh, taking hits like that? It's ridiculous. Uh, in fairness, it's not like he was getting lit up or anything. He was taking licks. You get hit eight times in only a quarter and a third. Um, that's a problem. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a stalwart veteran in the NFL or if you're a rookie. Like, It's not good, especially in a meaningless game. He should have known after like the first sack... Or like that we were, or not even after the first sack, but after seeing how terrible our line was playing, he should have known... That you know, we gotta take Matt out. Well, especially it being the second preseason game too. It's like generally the third. Like I expected Matt Ryan to play like a quarter last week, but for him to play the whole half, that, I like, expect him to play like two series. It's maybe pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, whatever, something right. like that. Yeah, like this is not the whole half. It's it's ridiculous. What does Matt Ryan need the the work? Right. And like, clearly, I mean, he still did a good job, even though he's under duress like the entire night. Um, went ten of fourteen for one hundred eighteen yards. Had two terrible drops in the end zone and perfect throws to a couple of backup guys. And uh, I don't know. It's 
It didn't instill any confidence in me. I started thinking, I'm doing gloom mode, Adam. I'm overreacting like crazy. I know I'm just sensationalizing probably something that I shouldn't be sensationalizing. I should sit back and let things play out. But I, I am. Uh, I, I don't like what I'm seeing. And we just saw Devontae Freeman just get tackled in the in the back of the uh, in the backfield for a, a two or three yard loss. No push from the line. Ugh, it's ugly. Bottom line, I'm happy to hear you get worked up again, Graham. I feel like you've been a little too mellow recently. I have been. I've been trying. You like know, I, I used to. I mean, get really frustrated with your constant anger, but uh, you need to mix it in there every now and then. Sure, sure. And uh, but I will say this, <laughs> I um. I did like what I saw from your boy, uh, Vic Beasley Jr. Had a nice sack. Actually did something more than just like rushing straight at the offensive lineman. He kind of faked the dude out a little bit and, had a, and had, a, had a big sack, so that was good to see. I tell you what, if Vic comes back and has a big year, you've yeah. got to give a lot of credit to Dimitrov and Quinn for believing in him after what we've seen the past couple of years. Yeah, I would, I would agree. With, um, with how much they had to pay him to come back. But, yeah. yeah, who knows? But it's good to see life. From Vic. Yes, good to see life from Vic. Good to see life from Desmond Trufant, too. He was uh, playing tight coverage on guys, had a pass uh, deflection and a tackle for loss. Uh, it seemed like a fire has been lit under his ass a little bit. And um, so that was very encouraging to see. Your boy, uh, Tavecchio, is, is under fire. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a couple rumblings about that. I know he had a block kick. I can't never, really do anything about that. I never know if that's the kicker's fault or the lines. Well, it's apparently very low. Um, one of three from yeah. from Tavecchio, and uh, I still don't understand that. Well, speaking of Tavecchio, here we go. Missed and he it. missed it. He Whoa. missed it. He missed another easily makeable kick. You got to start getting a little concerned about this. This is troublesome. Um, I'd say this is more more. I'm more concerned about Tavecchio than I am about the offensive line. Thomas Dimitrov might have Matt Bryant. Or although, would Matt Bryant come back and play here again? I'm sure he would if no one else has given him an offer. Right. He'd probably, want, he'd probably ask for more money. Yeah. Should have just kept Matt Bryant. I know he's had the injury history a little bit, and especially last year, but Jesus God, he's been the best kicker in the history of your franchise, and he had another, very, he had another great season last year. It's ridiculous. You didn't save that much money by cutting him. But he's injury-prone kicker. I don't care. We had to have two kickers on we our just, roster last year because he was injury-prone. Yeah, he he had a he ran into some bad luck with injuries last year, but he still had and the year before. And what that wasn't that bad the year before. Last year he did miss like three or four games or maybe more. I can't remember, but I don't know. I'd rather take a chance. You can you can go out and get a guy on the street if you absolutely need to. I'd rather have damn. Um, Matt Bryant on my team than any other uh, contemporary kicker right now. Because I know what he's going to give me. Right. I don't... Georgia Tavecchio is a damn anomaly. I don't know what the hell he is. Um, and he looks horrible. And he just missed another easily makeable kick. Preseason, Graham. I don't care. Like, kickers do the same thing they do in the preseason that they do in, in the regular game. I'm not saying that anyone else doesn't, but I'm just saying it's like... It's not like even I'll give the offensive line this credit. They were facing an, uh, uh, an unseemly amount of blitzes they probably would never face in the uh, in in a real game. There was no real game plan, so they're just trying to figure stuff out. Kicking, all you do is just go in there and kick the ball. I know it's it's more to it than that, 
but there's no strategy there. Like there is when you're comparing it to like the offensive line. Oh, you so know what I mean? It's like golf and putting. It's just so mental. Right. Like either you got it or you choke. Yeah, and Trevecchio is, is choking like right now. free throws. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow. Like let's say Trevecchio misses like another kick or hell, a third kick tonight like that. I don't think anything's happening tomorrow, Graham. I don't think anything would happen until he's doing that in a regular season game. Okay. We'll see. I'm just saying, Matt Bryant's out there. Matt, Matt Lana on 6 of the Fan was talking about this game and saying there's no reason for anyone to draw any conclusions or be upset or overly excited off of this game. Okay. Unless there's a major injury. Sure. If, if someone gets carted off, that's the only thing you should be upset about. Maybe. Although he was mentioning Tavecchio a couple times. Yeah. So that's one thing he's looking at. Yeah, Tavecchio. And I want to see a little bit of improvement from the line. I'm not saying you got to be like, you know, going out there pancaking guys left and right like it's Matt in 2005. But for the love of God, give me something a little better than what you had. Because this week, I know Matt Ryan's going on record saying, yeah, we're preparing like this regular season game. So I need to see something tonight that says that um, the line has uh, potential to gel and do a good job as a unit. Other than that, I'm, and, and Devontae. Devontae's actually playing tonight, so I want to see what he looks like. Uh, we saw a uh, play earlier where he was tackled for like a three-yard loss because uh, offensive line. But I want to I want to see you know how he's moving. What, what, what's he look like? Uh, I know he's probably not going to be going full speed, but it's nice to see Devontae at least uh, back and healthy in a game. So, a couple more weeks till it counts, Graham. Yep, almost coming there. up though. Almost there. But I don't think much else is really going on, Adam. Although, no, never mind. Who gives a shit? Atlanta United. No. Well, <laughs> well, I don't think much else is really going on, Adam. I think we can uh, conclude this this uh, little episode of Atlanta Zone. I agree. I had great talking to you this week, Grant. Yeah, nice talking to you. It was Pleasure. A, it, was, it was pleasant. Pleasant as hell. Enjoyable as always. Yeah. All right, folks, until next time, thank you for listening. Rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.